and we go live in three, two, one. Roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And my guest today is an NCAA Division I All-American athlete, internationally recognized TEDx speaker, and personal performance coach. He has impacted hundreds of thousands of lives across the world by helping clients and audiences increase resilience, maximize potential, and build high-performing teams. Welcome, everybody, Jim Harshaw. Simon, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So cool to have you here. And you will share with us something that might be counterintuitive for all the alpha types, high performers listening to this, which is the productive pause. But first, Jim, what are you currently creating? I'm currently creating a network of coaches. So uh, my business has primarily been myself, right? Myself and my team uh, in terms of supporting me and creating the, the podcast episodes and the branding and marketing and everything that I do. Uh, well, now I am I'm leveraging the the expertise of other coaches. And I've actually uh, recently changed the name of my business uh, to the Harshaw Group because there are there's more than one of us delivering now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still the name. That's right. All right. And tell us, uh, who is your ideal client? Uh, my ideal client is is it's typically men aged you know thirty five to fifty five, and they're generally successful at what they do. But they know there's another gear inside of them. They know they're leaving too much on the table. They know they have more potential, and they feel like the the clock is ticking, and there's no time left to underperform. And they you know being average scares the heck out of them, and they want to get to that next level. But they just need a plan. They need a blueprint. They need a, a system, and uh, and that's what I provide for them. Cool. So how does it look like? What happens in the first week of working with you? Yeah, well, it really starts from way back when, when I was a Division I All-American wrestler uh, in the States. Division I is the largest division of, of college athletics, and, and college athletics is, is, a, is, is a big thing in, in the U.S. And you know, when I was um, kind of go back a little bit about my personal story, you know, I grew up a, a, a kid with not much self-confidence, a lot of self-doubt, really didn't see a future for myself. I uh, showed up at a, at a great university. Luckily, I got recruited to a great school. I uh, went to the University of Virginia and I looked around and everybody was smarter than me, better looking than me, had more money than me. So it reinforced all these, these doubts that I had about myself. Uh, but you fast forward five years, uh, I left the number one rated public university in the United States with two degrees. Uh, I was an all-American wrestler. I was an Olympic hopeful. I got invited to live and train at the Olympic Training Center. And this just sort of sent me off on this trajectory of success in my life where I built my first business. And uh, well, actually, I got into coaching first. I was the youngest head coach in the country. Uh, I then got into business and I built a successful business and I sold that. And then I built my next business, uh, raised some angel capital, built a software, built a, a, a SaaS software and uh, ended up with a failed business, a failing marriage, dead up to my eyeballs, worst physical shape of my life. And I remember as I was closing down that business thinking like, like, how did this happen? This wasn't supposed to be my trajectory. And what I realized there were 
things that were in place in my life when I was performing at the highest level as an athlete that were not in place in my life now. And so that is the structure that uh, you asked me about the first week of my coaching program. Like what we start by doing is identifying exactly what is it that's really important to you? Like, what do you want your life to be like? Let's get clarity around that vision and around the core values that, that drive you. And once you do that, that's the first of four steps. The first step is the identifying what's important in the core values. And step two is creating goals that align with those values. And what happens now, Simon, in the real world is most people create goals based on what's parked in their neighbor's driveway or what they see on social media or what the mass media tells them that they should want. But those are the first couple of steps that we really help get people clarity around and we create a plan, a meaningful goals and a plan to achieve them. And so the support structure is what makes the athlete also. So you need a system and that's what you help them install. And, and it, the system starts with vision, feeling the vision and creating your own vision from a place that is yours, right? I did this today, 5.15 in the morning uh, with, with a bunch of other guys. We, we did some Wim Hof breathing and then the vision and then feeling it and then also sharing it. And then we said, and now let's go just work out, exercise, just to let it sink in. Let's not do the emails. We have this vision right now. It comes from our heart. Let's, let's um, rub it into the body and then we go to work. Yeah. What happens it. next? We have the vision. Yeah. So now, so you have to now create a plan to achieve it, right? So you have the, the, the vision for your life. You have these goals set and we set goals in, in every area of your life. It's not just about business goals because you know, how you show up for your business, how you show up for your customers, that's also dictated by how healthy are your relationships? How healthy are you? Like talk about, you know, you worked out this morning, you're doing the Wim Hof technique. Like, are you mentally fit and well? So we, we create goals in all of those areas and then a plan to achieve them. And then, uh, and we call those micro goals. So these micro goals are these smaller, you have these longer goals that are one or two or three or five year goals. And you break those down into what am I doing this month? Okay. So I want to make a million dollars. I want to double my income. I want to grow my business. Like, what does that look like this month, April, May, June, July? What, like, what does it look like now in the next 30 days? So we create these concrete, tangible, actionable things. And then the third step in this sort of four step process is, you know, when I was competing as an Olympic hopeful, I had coaches who kicked me in the rear end if I needed a kick. Uh, they helped me see my blind spots. They picked me up if I needed picked up and dusted off. Right. So I had I had coaches. I had teammates. I was accountable to them. They were accountable to me. We had you know like minded goals. Um, I had people around me. I had um, the 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 media that I was allowing into my life wasn't just anything. I wasn't just allowing the, the bombardment of, of negative media into my life. I had a very controlled environment there too. I was, you know, I didn't watch much TV, but when I did, I was watching film of my opponents or myself or watching the world championships, watching the national championships. Um, I had a mindset audio that I used to listen to and go to sleep to at night. Like, so this is the environment of excellence. You have to create this environment. I mean, shoot, part of it is I'm standing, as I'm talking to you right now here, Simon, I have a standing desk. Like this is part of my environment. It helps me feel good, feel creative, feel energetic and, and get the most out of myself. So this is part of this environment that you have to create for yourself. And then fourth and finally is this, it's nice to have the, this vision and these goals and this environment of excellence. But if you leave the fourth part out, this is what most people do. You end up going, yep, 
know, I'm, I'm off track with my goals again. I don't even remember what my goals are. Why can't I be consistent? Why can't I stay focused? You know, why can't I achieve balance in my life? It's because of this, you know, you have a plan, but guess what? Kids get sick, cars break down, uh, uh, global pandemics happen and, and you get off track. Like you have to have a systematic plan to follow through. Like when I was competing, like if I lost a wrestling match on Saturday, coach is like, Hey Jim, I'll see you tomorrow morning, eight o'clock in the weight room. I'm like, okay, so you have to, you have to be like, you're forced to be there. Well, we don't, we're not really forced to do anything like that in the real world. So we have to create that structure. So what I do with my clients is, you know, we put things in place I mean, we leverage technology at every possible way. We, we set a, a, a calendar event that recurs every month for from now until the rest of our lives that in that link, or I'm sorry, in that, in that calendar event, um, there's a link to our goals document. And you open up that goal once a month, you open up that goals document and you revise your goals and you update your goals with your new micro goals. Then you take them. And for anybody watching this on video, uh, you, I, I write them on the back of my business card. I'm holding them up right, right in front of the camera and I write them and I keep them in front of me. Like I have multiple tactics for doing this, but it's automating this success, automating the follow through of your goals. Because guess what? We're all pillowed in a million different directions. There's a lot of things you can say yes to with your time, but it's really critical that you have this plan month to month, week to week, day to day, so you know what to say yes to. Because inherently, when you're saying yes to one thing, you're you're saying no to something else, right? So we have to have that clarity of action so we know what to be working on day to day. Powerful system, and you call it even automation. This is what we can learn from from athletes when we are business people to really create this follow-through system that pushes you towards whatever you want to manifest. And you said two very powerful things, that we need to be intentional what we take in as inputs and, and also uh, to be very in, in both ways to what not to take in and what to intentionally take in. Let's start with the first one, what not to take in. I, I realized, I, I started uh, yesterday evening, I was watching the news and it's a balance for me. I, 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 I observe that the news makes me, uh, it, it's a toxic thing. It's not good for me to watch news every day. On the other side, you know, there is a minimum of knowing what's going on that so that is one thing what's your take on what do we let in in terms of you know contemporary hype yeah sure you're you're exactly right so we we're surrounded by this endless news cycle and so you have to you have to be you know using the word you said intentional you have to be intentional like if you're not intentional guess what you're just going to get bombarded it's all around you you're surrounded by it. you have to create that environment where you say okay what's the correct dosage i call it the minimum effective dose right? what's that minimum effective dose of for example the news and for me it's there's there's there are two podcasts I listen to every day. They're about three to five minutes each, and I just listen to them when I'm getting ready and, and whatnot in the morning. And I just kind of put them on the background, and that's it. 
once they're done, they're done. That's the effective, that's the minimum effective dose for me. And to be honest, one is from what people would consider like a, a right-wing conservative news source. And the other one is from a, a left-wing, uh, more liberal uh, news source. So I'm getting both sides. I just want the truth and I want to decipher it myself. So I take both sides in and, and that's, my, that's my dosage. And I move on with my day. I'm done with the news. And so that's what not to let in whatever you feel is toxic is not good for you for us it's news for other people it might be something else. and at the on the other side you said also some motivational things so there are some types of content that we can let in that give us energy for some people it's motivational youtube videos where they see i don't know arnold schwarzenegger pushing them for me it's reading very very old books like 3000 years before Christ and um what what's what do athletes do what is in your system what that that is helpful to to get into peak state and stay there yeah you know zig ziglar the the great motivational speaker and author said uh someone said you know motivation said to him like, motivation doesn't last like why motivation it doesn't last he said well that's why we recommend it just like bathing we recommend it every day right you have to have this source of positive energy this source of motivation coming into your life every day so there are so many different ways you can do this and it has to fit into your life and the great thing about technology now is like there's so many ways that we can do this so there are you know, podcasts like this, right? You can listen to podcasts like this that are going to help you grow, uh, help you learn, educate you, give you ideas, stimulate thought. Um, there are audiobooks you can listen to while you're working out or commuting, things like that. Um, I, I love, there's something called the success hotline, success hotline. And you can Google it. I don't know the phone number off the top of my head, but I have it programmed into my phone as success hotline. Well, this guy has left a positive three-minute motivational message every single day since, get this, Simon, 1992. Every day, every day he's left him. It, it is fascinating. He's never missed a day. <laughs> and, and the messages are fantastic, but but you can just, you can listen to it. It's so easy. It's like so easy to do. So anyway, there are so many different sort of technologies you can use. Uh, another one is mantras. Right. Muhammad Ali said it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And when that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Right. It's like repeating these words, these mantras, these affirmations. It's um, another quote. It says, uh, uh, if our mind is a supercomputer, our self-talk is the program that's running it. Right. We know the power of our mind. So we have to be putting the right stuff into our mind. So what is the self-talk that you're using? You know, whether it's through mantras or affirmations, internal talk, external talk, like controlling the words that are coming out of your mouth when you're talking to others. When you can say, oh boy, the economy's terrible. Business is gonna be really strong. We're gonna really struggle this year. Or you can say, you know, the economy's terrible, but there's some real opportunities out there. We're gonna find them. I don't know what they are right now, but we're gonna find them. Guess what? Two different evaluations of the exact same situation. Which person do you think is going to succeed? The person who says the first or the second. We know it's the person who's going to who says the pot has the positive take on it, right? There's so much research behind this stuff. So, um, so you can use you know audio, technology, YouTube videos, podcasts, using your own voice and your own language. Those are all positive inputs. And before we get to the productive pause, uh, one more thing about the 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 vision because what every athlete does is really do this you said mantra 
mantra is meant from the beginning to be massaged into your subconscious. It's a body exercise. It's not a mental exercise. It's an exercise that takes you, the, your whole body, all levels of your body. And, and when business people do a vision, a mission statement, sometimes it's a very intellectual exercise and it is a piece of paper that hangs on the wall. So how can we get that to be something that we embody instead of just being intellectual? I love that. So uh, uh, I want to riff on that for a second, but I'm curious, is that uh, really where that where mantra came from? Is that the original idea behind mantras is to, to feel it in your body? Is that right? Yeah, it's not the etymology. It's not the, the origin of the word, but it's the idea behind it. It's the yeah. idea why you do this specific set of practices, for example, 110 times, 114 times, one thought, and you have this, you know, you, you have this, um, uh, you go one after the other. It's one thought that you rub in um, mm. 114 times, for example. That's the, the tool to the mantra. Wow. And the repet both the repetition and, um, and the way you do it is meant to really massage it into your subconscious. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that, that, that history, that, that, that the way to see and understand what a mantra is, because that's the key. Like that's the secret. Like when I was competing as a wrestler, the, the, the biggest matches that I wrestled in, in, in order to become an all American, all American means top eight in the country. So I was top eight in the United States at what I did. And I wrestled the, the big match that I had to wrestle was against the fourth ranked wrestler in the country in front of 15,000 people. And this was the, the, the match, the big match of my life. 17 years of competition came down to a seven minute match. And the great thing is I had wrestled that match a hundred times in my head already. I already felt what that felt like. I knew it was very, it was oddly natural to wrestle that match. And the outcome was, a foregone conclusion in my, in my mind, right. In my, in my, I should say in my body, you know, using your language and, and like my body had already felt like, well, I've already won this match. So I'm going to go out and just live, live the thing that has already happened in my mind, in my body and a, a thousand times. And so you have to do that. It's the same thing in life. I was talking yesterday, just yesterday with a friend of mine, he's a four time Olympian, four time Olympian in the luge. And we're, we're, the whole conversation ended up being around mindset. And we're talking about, we're talking business. And the whole thing is around mindset and visualization, um, uh, mantras, uh, before you pick up the phone to make a sales call, like having this mantra, having this routine that you do, this mindset routine. And when you do that enough, it creates this feeling in your body of you being that next level of you that you want to be. You have to be that person now in order for you to make the money, build the business, grow the company that you want to grow and do and build. Beautiful. And uh, now we come to the main part, your CEO tip that you have for us after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. Oh, and before we go to the productive post, you can pick one person when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging, but from your perspective, they are doing the right thing. Who you nominate for the strategy award? So there is an organization 
here in the States called F3. It's becoming global. It's moving into Canada. There's now, it's moving into Africa. F3 stands for fitness, fellowship, and faith. It's a free men's workout group, right? And it was started by this guy named Dave Redding, and his nickname is Dread. Everybody in F3 gets a nickname, but he started it from just a couple of guys working out on a Saturday morning in North Carolina. Now there are almost 3,000 workouts across the United, mostly in the United States and now international, but it's always free. It's always outside. There's no, uh, there's no warm showers. There's no fitness trainer coming to, uh, to help you, but they have massively grown this organization through just interesting ways of leading, right? And, and so many counterintuitive things, right? Like gyms, and gym memberships are like so hard for, for gyms to, to keep people and to grow their membership and to keep people coming back. And they offer all these bells and whistles and nice things. They don't offer anything, like zero. And this has exploded. exploded. So the leadership model is um, it, it's uh, decentralized, right? So if, if this guy went away, and I'll be honest, I, I work out in one of these groups here locally in my town. If the other... 2,999 uh, workouts and groups went away, ours would continue to thrive because of the leadership model, because of the decentralized leadership model. Everybody is built in the organization to be a leader, whether you're officially the leader or not of your group, of your organization, of your in your hierarchy, everybody is built to be a leader. It's fascinating and a fascinating uh, sort of case study in leadership. So for the CEOs out there, think about how you can build leaders within your organization. So you don't have to be there. And so managers don't have to be there because people are leading themselves and they're leading their groups and their subgroups and their subcultures. It's decentralized. And in a time in, in lockdowns where, where all gyms are struggling, they don't have even, they are resilient. They can adapt to that. Absolutely. And what do you think are the elements that, that make it work? Is it community, accountability, leadership so that's the key and this is the key for any business and and, and we know this and I, I know I know this from having a, a failed SaaS business and I really learned through that failure um, you can't just provide what people say that they want uh, or should I should say say that they need you've mm -hmm. got to provide what they want right I provided a tool that they needed but they didn't want it in the way that I in, in the way that I had sort of created this tool uh, well this organization this f3, uh, they create something that people uh, need, right? And, and this is fitness and workout and they want to work out and et cetera. But what they really want at a deeper level is connection. And men really, you know, middle-aged men, we tend to lose connection with other men just because, you know, we're focused on work and our families and that sort of thing. Well, this this is solving that problem of, of middle-aged male loneliness. And nobody really knew that this was going to be what they were solving, but you know, people show up to get a great workout, and they stay for the fellowship and the connection and all the amazing you know friendships that we've built that I've built uh, as, as a member of this organization, and all the good we do in the community. I mean, we're doing volunteering, we're you know doing fundraisers and all kinds of great stuff. Um, so you really have to understand at a deep, deep level, and this is you know we all know this as business leaders. You really you can never stop learning about your client, your ideal client, and the people who you're serving and what they really at a, a fundamental foundational level, what they want. The productive pause. Why should we pause? We are high performers. 
yeah, you want to go, 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 right? So I've interviewed over almost 300 episodes now of my own podcast, Success Through Failure, Olympic gold medalists, New York Times bestselling authors, US Navy SEALs, CEOs, billionaires. I mean, you name it, the highest performers on earth. Uh, some of them you've heard of, you know, Tim Ferriss and Ken Blanchard and those types of folks. And I always ask them, you know, what is one habit that you do or have done over your career that you feel is most responsible for your success? And Simon, the responses are fascinating. You would always think for the New York Times bestselling author, it's like, well, writing, you know, I have a disciplined writing uh, routine, right? You think for the Olympic athlete, the Olympic gold medalist, that it was something about their training that they did, right? And it's never, never that. It's never these things that you would expect, these things that people were known for. That's not their secret to success. Their secret to success is always something like, um, well, it, at the beginning of the day, I always spend five minutes and I plan my day. Or at the end of my day, I, I kind of do a day in review. Or once a month, I sit down and I review my goals and I plan out my month. Or um, I work with a coach, right? An executive coach or a leadership coach. Uh, I, I, uh, I take a retreat with my wife once a year. Uh, we sit down, we look at our year in the past and we look at our year ahead, right? Or, or journaling, right? It's always these versions of hitting the pause button. It's not doing the thing. It's taking a step back where you can zoom out and evaluate create a plan, and then go before you go in to execute that plan, before you get back on the treadmill. So I've coined the, the term productive pause. And here's the definition. The definition of a productive pause is this. It's a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. Clarity of action, peace of mind. That's what we all want. So it can be as simple, literally as simple as this. At the end of the day, doing uh, in the military, they call this an after action report. An after action report is uh, what went well, what did not go well, and what would I do differently? Right? Very simple. Very simple to do, easy to do, easy not to do. But if you do those three things, the answer those three questions very quickly every day or once a week, once a month even you will get so much value. This is a productive pause, right? You can ask yourself, what's the one thing that had I been doing it over the past year would have most moved me towards my goals? You can ask yourself that question. That's a powerful, productive pause question. You can ask yourself, you know, what's holding me back? And journal on that. Ask that to, uh, ask that coach or have that conversation with a, with a coach, you will have powerful, powerful breakthroughs that will lead you to, to act at a higher level. Tim Ferriss, when I interviewed him on my podcast in episode 246, he, you know, he talked about you know, outsized results. He's like, people always ask me, how do I get outsized results? You know, he has the same 24 hours. You know, Elon Musk has the same 24 hours as you and I. Like, why does he get higher level results? Right? Why is he changing the world? Well, he's asking different questions. And he's, you know, he's, he's not asking, you know, can we go to Mars? He's saying, how can we go to Mars? <laughs> Different question. And when you answer the second question, there's an assumption that, yeah, we can go to Mars. we just got to figure out how. Now you can start to see opportunities. Because if you ask, can we go to Mars? The answer is no. <laughs> but if you ask, how can we? You start going, well, we could do it this way and this way and this way. Now you have ideas. How can we? Beautiful. And where do you see your business in three years? <clears throat> 
in three years, we're going to have dozens of coaches as opposed to just myself delivering. We're going to have dozens of coaches delivering in different industries. Um, and, and my business is, is scaling. I know you've had multiple guests on recently who have talked about uh, automation, outsourcing, hiring virtual assistants. I have some great virtual assistants all around the world um, and continuing to grow them so that they can continue to, you know, allow me to step back and work on my business rather than in my business, which I know you're a big proponent of. Um, and, and so that's, um, I'm continuing to grow that. I've worked with virtual assistants in multiple businesses over decades. And I just believe in the power of creating systems that you can, that are replicable and profitable. And that is, has allowed me to step back more and more over the development of my business. And, and that's where we're going in, in three years. I love the concept of productive pause. <laughs> And my productivity coach, he always struggles with me because he says, Simons, you have to do your GTD weekly review. And I, and I, and I always push it away. And he says, Simon, see, see it as a business meditation. And I go, like, okay, a business meditation. Yeah, it's true. It's a business meditation. Yeah, it's a great concept. And, and there are two questions that I ask myself every evening that are super powerful. One is, which of the tasks that I did today would somebody else do better tomorrow? Mm. And the second one, which helps me identify what to cut, systemize, delegate, and um, is the basis for the next hiring. And then, and the second question is, if I would live more freely and intentionally, what would I do tomorrow? That challenges me to mm. think a little bit bigger than I usually do, because otherwise I just think, okay, what do I do to check off next? And this one goes, hey, Think bigger. Yeah, love those. I mean, you you get it. I mean, this is it. This is those are productive pause questions. Those are productive pauses that that you're taking and your productivity coach is asking you to take. I mean, I love that, especially that second one. What was that second question again? If I would live more freely and intentionally, what would I do tomorrow? Mm. I hope the listeners write that one down because I'm writing that one down. That's great. Thank you. And I'm curious, three books that shaped you most. Yeah. So the first is, uh, I would say how to win friends and influence people, right? Everything is about relationships, how we deal with people, whether it's our personal relationships or our professional relationships, relationships with our, our kids, with our spouses or significant others or colleagues or bosses or investors or board. It's all about how you deal with people. And if you want to learn how to deal with people better, if you want to learn how to strengthen relationships, how to get what you want out of people more, read this book. I think it was written in like the 1940s. If you go to any bookstore today, you'll find five copies on the shelves. And there's a reason because it is the original book on how to deal with people and how to get what you want in the world. So that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, Russell Brunson wrote a book called Expert Secrets. And it really, everybody who's selling anything, and by the way, everybody's selling something. I don't care if you're a teacher or a coach or an entrepreneur or, or what role you're in, we're all selling something. If you want to learn how to sell, if you want to understand the psychology that people are using to decide whether to hire you or not, whether to buy your product or not, whether to invest in your company or not, learn, read this book, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. And the last one is this, and this was just a really fundamental book for me in, in my entrepreneurial career in learning that, Jim, you don't have to do everything. In fact, if you do everything, your business is going to rel rely solely on you. And if you get hit by a bus or you want to go on vacation, you can't do that if everything relies on you. So it's about creating replicable and profitable systems. And that book is The E-Myth.
E stands for entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial myth. It's all about stepping back, working on your business rather than in your business. And so those are my three books that I would recommend, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Expert Secrets, and The E-Myth. By the way, the, the main idea of Michael Gerber's E-Myth, working on the business in addition to in the business, that's kind of a productive pause, right? Because you Absolutely. don't you don't create widgets in that time. You say, let's think about our business and work on form, fit, and function. We call it form, fit, and function of the sales system, form, fit, and function of the marketing system, form, fit, and function of the operations. That's it. That's it. It's, it's stepping back. Not you're not you're not creating widgets. You're not doing the thing. You're stepping back, asking questions. How can I optimize? How can I work on form, fit, and function? So cool. And uh, what's next? What are you excited about in the coming months? Ah, uh, gosh, it, it, it's it's you know coming out of COVID, and you know I, yesterday for the first time I got out and actually had lunch with a friend for the first time in a long time, an old friend, and you know we both have our shots, our vaccinations, and we were outside, so it was like good to do that again. So I can't wait to just really start to reconnect with people. In person, I'm starting to get hired for in-person speaking events once again, um, and I think just you know the world is missing that right now. So I can't wait till we can do that more and really start getting together with people more. So that is what I'm excited about is connecting with people again because that's that's what life's about. Who should be my next guest? So earlier I mentioned a four-time Olympian, and this Olympian is um, he's one of the top speakers in the world, business speakers. And he has, I mean, gosh, he has testimonials from Zig Ziglar and uh, the big, some of the biggest names that everybody's heard of, Stephen Covey, et cetera. And this guy will tell you, he goes, if I can become an Olympian, anybody can do it. And he has this different way of thinking, this different way of operating that has allowed him to, to get outsized results. And his name is Ruben Gonzalez. Ruben Gonzalez. Ruben, his website is ruben-gonzalez.com. Fascinating individual. And I recommend him as your next guest. Beautiful. Where can people reach you and uh, stay in touch with you? Yeah, jimharshawjr.com. So my last name is H-A-R-S-H-A-W. So Jim Harshaw, J-R for junior, jimharshawjr.com. You can search for the Success Through Failure podcast. Um, you know, if you want to connect, you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, you can go, you can apply for a free coaching call if you want to take some of what we just talked about today and learn, actually digest it and say, okay, Jim, how do I actually apply this to my life? Uh, I can help you with that. Um, it's just a 30 minute call, no obligation. Um, jimharshawjr.com slash apply if you want to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, those are some ways you can follow me on social media, interact with me, give me a shout out there and I look forward to interacting with, uh, with your listeners. jimharshaw.com, everybody. Check them out. Thank you so much for being on the show. Please come back soon. I will. Thank you, Simon. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.